Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Your friends, our text for today's message is taken from our gospel reading from the second chapter of St. Luke with an emphasis on these words. Simeon took Jesus up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. This is our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. If you've ever attended a Christian funeral, really in any number of denominations, then you're likely familiar with the words that you heard in today's gospel reading, the Nunc Dimittis. The Nunc Dimittis is the formal name given by the church to that song which was sung by Simeon. Originally spoken as a hymn of both prophecy and praise, the Nunc Dimittis is employed frequently in the church at funerals, as well as services at the close of the day, and of course, we've used it quite often during the seasons of Advent and Christmas. The reasons for these specific uses are evident. As Christians behold the coming of God's salvation in the person of Jesus Christ, they commend themselves to Him in peaceful rest. Be it in a night's sleep or in the slumber of death, We commend ourselves to his gracious care and provision, knowing that his promises are good. But of course, this begs the question, how do we know? How can we possibly know that those things, heretofore unseen by mortal man, have any sort of merit? Well, for that, we have to turn back to our gospel to that rather enigmatic figure in the biblical narrative, which is mentioned only by St. Luke's account, which we read today. For as often as we hear his words quoted to us throughout our life in the church, we know surprisingly little about the saint Simeon, the author of the Nunc Dimittis. Luke, the most detail-oriented of the gospel writers, gives surprisingly few details regarding Simeon. But we do know these things. First, that he was righteous and devout. This means that he would have held fast to the law of the covenant and, of course, observed frequently the Sabbath day as we see him do here, as well as personal acts of piety. Secondly, we hear also that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That is, he trusted in God's covenantal faithfulness And so he spent his life of worship in eager anticipation for all of the promises that he made to his chosen people, Israel, to come to fruition. Next, the Holy Spirit was upon him, which in a pre-Christian baptism reckoning likely meant that Simeon experienced prophetic visions about the coming Messiah and about the mercy of God which accompanied him. And this leads us to The fourth thing we know, finally, that it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit in a vision that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And, really, that's it. Those four things are all that we know about this blessed saint of the Lord who has had such an impact on life and worship in the church. Hearing these things, I'm sure a couple of you might have thought, that there is one strange and significant detail which is missing. 
something that we take for granted about Simeon, but is actually nowhere to be found in Luke chapter 2. In every illustration, be it from children's books to classic works of art, Simeon is always portrayed as being very old. But no reference is made in the gospel reading to his actual age. We come to this presupposition about Simeon for two chief reasons. First, that the character of his waiting for the revealing of the Messiah is used by Luke emblematically. That means he is a stand-in for all of Israel as they waited for generation upon generation for their consolation to come. And secondly, we read also that he would not see death before he had seen Christ's incarnation. This too instills in us the image of an extended waiting, of protracted old age, and of nearness to death. Indeed, so intrinsic is this image to our understanding of Simeon's character that it was actually the basis for a famous poem penned by T.S. Eliot entitled, A Song for Simeon. Some of you have heard this or read this before, but in this poem, Eliot portrays Simeon in his old age as a man greatly burdened by the weight of prophecy. As all the earthly trappings of life crumble and give way around him in his old age, seeing the futility in the security of this world, Simeon lifts up his voice in prayer. He prays for consolation to Israel. He prays for peace to the generations following Jesus, who would know great sorrow and persecution. And he prays for himself, for a blessed end to his long years of waiting, having finally and at long last seen the Lord's salvation with his eyes. As I read this poem to you this morning, I want you to pay close attention to that theme of long, even torturous waiting as we in the world look for God's promise of peace to be revealed again. From Eliot. Lord, the Roman hyacinths are blooming in bowls, and the winter sun creeps by the snowy hills. The stubborn season has made stand. My life is light, waiting for the death wind, like a feather on the back of my hand. Dust in sunlight, and memory in corners, wait for the wind that chills toward the dead land. Grant us thy peace. I have walked many years in this city, I have kept faith and fast, provided for the poor, have taken and given honor and ease. There went never any rejected from my door. Who shall remember my house? Where shall live my children's children when the time of sorrow is come? They will take to the goat's path and the fox's home, fleeing from foreign faces and from foreign swords. Before the time of cords and scourges and lamentation, grant us thy peace. Before the stations of the mountain of desolation, before the certain hour of maternal sorrow, now at this birth, season of decease, let the infant, the still unspeaking and still unspoken word, grant Israel's consolation to one who has eighty years and to know tomorrow. According to thy word, They shall praise thee and suffer in every generation 
with glory and derision, light upon light, mounting the saint's stair. Not for me the martyrdom, the ecstasy of thought and prayer. Not for me the ultimate vision. Grant me thy peace, and a sword shall pierce thy heart, thine also. I am tired with my own life and the lives of those after me. I am dying in my own death and the deaths of those after me. Lord, let thy servant depart, only having seen thy salvation. Dear friends, today, as we come to the end of another calendar year, and as the warmth and the peace of the Christmas celebration begin to ebb and give way to the bitter cold of winter, perhaps many of you are feeling this morning a bit like Simeon from Eliot's poem. Tired and weak, groaning and longing for some good news to ease the load heaped upon you by our fallen and sinful world. Desiring at last to see with your own eyes the salvation of our Lord when he parts the clouds and comes again in glory. How long, we ask, how long are we expected to look for consolation while being assaulted by sickness and war and persecution and death? Where is our blessed end? How much longer, we ask, must we keep faith in this age of faithlessness? But friends, we see in our gospel how God rewards the faith of his saints. We hear again how the blessed Saint Simeon was not kept in perpetual longing, but witnessed in flesh and blood the delivery of God's promises at the seeing of his infant son. Here again, Simeon came in the spirit into the temple And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed the Lord God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So you see, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, by the example of Simeon, whose song we sing this day, that your God does not keep his people groaning in oppression, waiting for a salvation that will never come. Nor, for that matter, does he dangle the carrot of peace only at the finish line of a life which is beset by trial and turmoil. No, Rather, your God is a God who descends into trial and turmoil, bearing his comfort and consolation for this day. And he does so by the very same means which Simeon beheld. For the whole church on earth does this day hold the Son of God not in our arms, but in our ears, hearing his word, in our mouths, tasting and eating and drinking his body and blood. In our hearts, as the holy absolution is spoken to us again and that power of sin which so oppressed us is dispelled once more. By that same inner working of the Holy Spirit, 
which moves us each and every Sabbath day into God's house, the gifts of Jesus Christ are given anew to you and to me and to all who are burdened by sin, death, and the devil. It is here in this place where we bear witness again to the promises of God which have their fulfillment in the real presence of our Lord Jesus and his peace which passes all understanding. Open your eyes, you saints of the Lord, and see again that his word to you is good. Receive that blessed portion which was set aside for you by the Holy Spirit in the waters of holy baptism. Cling to this blessed consolation which carries you through the trials of this day and into a still more glorious day that is yet to come. Rejoice with all believers, both alive and who are now in blessed rest, that Jesus Christ has come into our flesh to do for us all things according to God's law, that we might be set free from its condemnation. Today, as you bid farewell to this year, and as you celebrate the start of another, let it be in that same spirit of rejoicing and eager anticipation as you look for all the blessings of your Lord God to be revealed to you this day and in all your days yet to come. For your God has delivered salvation to you in Jesus Christ his Son, and through him he keeps his word. He has given order to all your days, and he promises by your baptism to grant you a blessed end to your sorrow and a new beginning of peace and joy in his kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in that same Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.